We'll turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 11, tonight. Greetings from the saints in Dallas. Uh, We appreciated very much the winter meetings and came away refreshed. And we pray for you here in Portland, and we pray you do the same for us. Numbers, chapter 11. Uh, We'll read verses... 27 through 29. Numbers eleven twenty-seven. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Enviest thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. It'll pass just a second. We're, uh, we're thankful for the word of God, and we're thankful for the examples that are given to us there. Uh, the account here of Moses uh, actually is a, is a bit of a difficult one. Uh, Moses... Uh, and the Lord as well, it says in this chapter that they were uh, angry with the people. Uh, well, actually, it says the Lord was angry and Moses was displeased with them. Uh, but Moses called out to the Lord and he asked the Lord, he, he said, I need help. He said, I need help. I, I can't do this all by myself. I, I can't uh, be everything for all the people all the time. And so the Lord uh, told him to call uh, 70 elders that were leaders. And those uh, 70 elders, he said he would put his spirit upon them. He would take a portion that was on Moses and he would put his spirit upon those 70 uh, elders. And so when this young man came talking about Eldad and Medad, they were two uh, of those elders the, the Lord uses or has sent out his spirit on occasions in the Old Testament in order to, uh, to see a work done. Uh, he, uh, he called on Bezalel in Exodus 31. Uh, in fact, actually, let's turn to that. Exodus 31, and we'll read verses 1 through 4. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, and in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass. And it goes on. But to our knowledge, Bezalel had no knowledge of, of what it was to work in these things, and so God uh, put his Spirit upon Bezalel in order to, to see a work done. He, he, he came down and he, he, he filled him with his spirit in order to, uh, to give him the ability that he needed in order to complete the work that God had called him to. Uh, so these 70 elders that, that came, uh, there was a work uh, that needed to be done. Uh, there was a requirement. Well, there was a burden. There was a burden. There was a burden on Moses, but there was God's burden as well. And we don't think about God being burdened. I mean, what what could God be burdened by? 
But the reality of it is, is God has been burdened since the moment sin entered His creation. God has been burdened for the, the people that He created. He has been burdened and that they might find peace, that they might find rest, that they might find salvation. And so there's a burden. So He filled these men that they might perhaps be a part of the work in finding a way to relieve that burden. Now, these men couldn't do it in themselves. That's why God sent His Spirit. We read in 1 Samuel 10.10 that Saul, King Saul, before an evil spirit, replaced the Spirit of God. We see that, that he was filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, that uh, he, he did prophesy when he was there uh, with the prophets uh, through the word of Samuel. And he, he, he prophesied there. The Spirit of God filled him in order to uh, give him uh, courage, to give him strength, to give him everything he needed for the job that was ahead of him. He came down to, to give him what he needed. In fact, it says that shortly thereafter that the Spirit of God was stirred up in Saul. And he was upset for an atrocity that had happened. And he, he called the people together and wrought a great victory through the power of God. You see, the, uh, the God's Spirit has gone out time and again. In the Old Testament, we see a number of examples of it. Uh, we see that uh, the kings in Daniel's time even recognized that he had the Spirit of God. They saw it on him. They, uh, they saw that the power that God displayed through Daniel... Who else could do this but, but God? And they were a little mistaken. They, they gave credit to a plurality of gods. Uh, well, Daniel knew. Uh, he wasn't phased. So God has, through time, sent His Spirit, let His Spirit rest upon people that His work might be accomplished. That His work uh, might be fulfilled in the way that He designs in the way that he desires. You know, you and I have a spirit too. In fact, I think that if something happened that reminded you of me or maybe a good time you and I have had together, you might think, well, that was in the spirit of Tony. I don't know how many of you there might be out there. Hopefully they're good experiences. But you and I have a spirit as well. Uh, we have a number of examples in the New Testament. In fact, uh, Paul ended several of his letters, uh, notably to Philemon. Uh, he asked that the grace of God be with your spirit, he said. Well, why would Philemon need the grace of God with his spirit? Well, because, quite frankly, Philemon's spirit was inferior. My spirit's inferior. It isn't, it isn't possible that, that you and I through our spirit can do anything or accomplish anything uh, that God would have us to do. Uh, he needs our spirit. We need His spirit uh, filled in, er, in us in order to accomplish His work. Now uh, here in Philemon is, a, is an example where Paul was, was trying to reach out to Philemon to, to be basically to be gracious to Onesimus. Uh, but he ends this letter. He, he says, uh, "Grace, uh, may the grace of God be with your spirit. Uh, he ended the letter in Galatians, or rather it's in Galatians 6.18. He says something similar. 
Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.20. 1 Corinthians 6.20. This is for ye are bought with a prize. Therefore glorify God, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Glorify God in your spirit. Uh, we, we have a spirit. We have uh, something that is, is within us that, that kind of describes who we are. It's not our soul. It's not our body. It's our spirit. It's the, the, the essence of our personality, the essence of, of who we are boiled down. And great philosophers through the ages have tried to describe the spirit and done much better than I ever could. But you and I have a spirit. You and I have uh, ideas and convictions and things that, that make up who we are. And here uh, the scripture tells us uh, in Corinthians that we must make sure uh, that our spirit is submitted uh, to the will of God. For we are bought with a price. We're bought with the precious blood of Christ. The salvation that has been wrought in you is the most miraculous thing that could ever happen in your life. The salvation that God brought our way, that we could be saved and know that we're saved, that we could have our sins forgiven, that regardless of how long it took, how much pleading the Lord did, how much the Spirit of God attended our lives... We were saved. And we are destined for heaven. Uh, we have a, the hope within us. Oh, that that, that that would just come before our eyes every day. Every morning that we wake up and look and see what God has done in our lives. And furthermore, those uh, that have been sanctified, uh, you have been made clean. That Adamic nature has been taken away. Oh, the joy that wells up within us. The joy. In 1 Timothy, Paul is giving some admonition to his young charge. Paul's and Timothy's relationship is a beautiful one. Uh, But we look at 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 and we read verse 12. He gives Timothy some advice. So young people, this is for you too. 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Be an example in spirit. Well, what does it mean then to be an example in spirit? Well, the reality is we have this spirit, and this spirit can sometimes well up within us, and we just sometimes feel like we have no choice. Well, it's just the way I'm made. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Well, I would caution you to say that. Because God knows how you were made. And so if you're telling God, well, that's just how I'm made, that's, well, (laughs) that's not a bright thing to do. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.12 tells us that, that we want to be an example. You see, you and I need the Spirit of God in our lives. And the way uh, that this all worked, we see uh, through uh, the beginning here that that God uh, created, or actually shortly after the beginning, created the law. And the law was to be our schoolmaster. And you can almost see how how, uh, people go from uh, infants to adolescents to working their way to a a place where Jesus comes. Uh, Jesus uh, uh, pays the price on the cross. And that middle wall of partition is, is torn in two. 
His flesh is torn and, and we have access then uh, by the grace of God uh, to that place. And uh, Jesus said, he said, after I am gone, I will send a comforter. That this comforter would come. You see, God worked His purpose and His plan in the Old Testament by, by placing His Spirit on different individuals. This was not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He rested His Spirit upon them, or His Spirit was in them, but the baptism was to come later. And so we see at this time that, that Jesus pays the price, and then now... Now that the price has been paid, now that we can have our our sins uh, forgiven, now that we can have sanctification through through Him and through His blood, uh, we now have access to have His Spirit rest and dwell within us. We now have opportunity that His Spirit would, would rest upon us. We can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We have a a tendency to say, well, have you received the baptism or have you gotten your baptism? I've never really cared much for that. I've I've gotten my baptism. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with you and me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with us and our ideas and anything that we wish to accomplish. Uh, the, the, The whole point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the whole point of God sending His Spirit in the Old Testament was to see His will done. To see His will and His kingdom exalted. That was the point. That was it. And so if you're seeking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, you need to ask yourself, am I seeking because I want an affectation? Am I seeking because I want an accessory to my life? Or am I seeking to be under the Holy Spirit? Am I seeking to be His servant? Am I seeking to be God's uh, uh, about God's plan? Because that's where it is. We go to Acts chapter 2. And of course we're familiar with this. It says, When the day of Pentecost, chapter 2 verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. We'll go to verses 14 through 18. It says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all... Ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. You see, the burden is still alive today. The burden is still there. God still has a burden for the people of the earth. He still wants to reach out. He still wants to see His will accomplished in each life. And He does that uh, by the Holy Spirit. 
It is through this power that the disciples were able to spread out and to spread the message of the gospel. To have boldness to, to preach and to teach and to tell the things that God would have them tell. That burden is still there. And God is still reaching out uh, to people who, who feel that burden. Uh, people who, who, who want to be a part of God's work and want to be uh, completely sold out for Him. God is still looking for those that will stand up and say, Here am I, send me. And He wants to fill them. And it's not that He wants to fill them, He will fill them because it's the promise of His Word. God uh, wants to touch. He he wants to see His kingdom uh, go out. uh, And He does that by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God has chosen you and I uh, to be vessels. Uh, We read of of Solomon and and the temple there, and he he brought the sacrifice before God, and it says uh, that the the Spirit of God inhabited that, that temple. Well, that's what we want in our lives. It's, it's the same picture for you and I. We want the Spirit of God to inhabit uh, this uh, temple. Both Paul and Peter refer to their own bodies as a tabernacle of sorts. Because they recognize it, that they need the Spirit of God in their lives. Oh, we have the opportunity. I was thinking a little bit about apostolic faith. We don't call ourselves the apostolic faith because we derive any any kind of uh, ownership uh, to that. Uh, but no, we, we call ourselves the apostolic faith because that's the kind of faith we want to have. The faith of the apostles. Uh, the faith of those that spent time with Jesus. The faith of those that were filled with the Holy Spirit. The faith of those that, that waited and tarried around those altars so that they could be filled and be about God's business. Well, God still looks for those. God's still reaching out and He, and he asks us. And he says, uh, come unto me. Oh, there's a burden. There's a burden. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, the burden is for you. God is, is burdened with your state. He's concerned about whether or not you will turn. He's concerned about whether or not you will ask forgiveness for your sins and be a part of His kingdom. The burden is for you. Uh, we, we don't serve a God who is somehow aloof and, and distant, but no, he, he cares and He's interested in your life. And he, and he calls to you. His Spirit faithfully reaches out. And He's doing so tonight. We know that. We know that His Spirit calls out. If you're not saved here tonight, the burden is for you. You can find rest for your soul. You can find salvation at the altar of prayer. If you're here and you're sanctified tonight, well, amen. God chooses to sanctify people so that they can be filled with His Spirit. I mean, really, when you, when you look at it from a functional perspective, apart from taking the Adamic nature out and, and kicking the devil really out, it's meant so that you can be filled. It's, it's meant so that you can be an empty vessel before Him and filled and used in His purpose. That's, that's what it's for. And so if you're sanctified here tonight, well, maybe you feel a burden. Maybe you feel a burden to, 
to reach out and receive what God has for you. But don't do it because you feel like other people expect it of you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people expect. In fact, if that's your thought, if that's your intent, then the Lord's just waiting for you to realize that it's His expectation you need to follow. It's His expectation. It's His word. It's His will. We're all just companions on the same journey, following our leader. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, it says they were all in one accord and in one place. And we think about that, in one accord. They all had a singular purpose. But I got to thinking about they were all in one place. Now, we typically think of that in the physical sense. They were all in the upper room. We know that. But I think there's more than that. They were all in one place. They were all in that same place. They were waiting on the Lord to give them direction. They were right behind and waiting for God to give them direction. And so uh, the Lord wants to fill tonight. Uh, The Lord uh, has the Holy Spirit available tonight. And it isn't just for for a select few. It isn't just for a few that that might have a particular job to do. But no, it's for all that would come. All sanctified people that come before the Lord. Uh, The Lord wants to fill you. And there is a burden. And He's asking, do you share the burden? Do you, does your heart yearn for the lost? Uh, does, is it concerned about the people around you that are not going to make heaven unless they turn their heart to Jesus? There's a burden and there's a love. You know, Moses was given opportunity not, well, he was given opportunity to see the whole children of Israel destroyed. Uh, Moses is an vindictive person that we can see. In fact, it says he was the meekest. Uh, but we, uh, we know that Moses could have just given up. Moses just said, well, I'm, I'm done with them, Lord. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm tired of it, and I'm done. And we see that on occasion Moses kind of gave the Lord an earful. But, uh, but we see here that Moses held on to see God's kingdom fulfilled. He held on to see God's purpose worked out. In fact, when he was given that opportunity, he reached out to God and said, Oh, Lord, what will the nations think of you? Moses didn't think about himself. He, he thought about God. He thought, well, well what will the nations think of you? Uh, you've led them out into the wilderness just to destroy them. Oh, Moses had a heart to follow God. Where's your heart at? Will, will you follow God tonight? Will you, will you reach out? Will you share the burden? You know, really, that burden isn't anything you and I can do anything about except pray and follow the Lord. It really is the Lord's burden. He's the one that can do everything about it. He's the the one that has power, but He invites us. And that's the thing that gets me every time. He invites us to be a part of His plan and His will. He invites us to be that close. You think about being immersed in the Spirit. That's what it means to be baptized in the Spirit, to be immersed in the Spirit of God. What a place. Isn't that where we want to be? Is immersed in the presence of God? Psalm 91. Familiar psalm to us all. Psalm 91. First verse. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
Whoa, to be that close. To be uh, right there in His presence. You know, it, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. And if you've been struggling with uh, with being uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, well, well don't struggle anymore. Just, just kind of purpose in your heart. You're going to follow God no matter what. Uh, look at look at your own spirit. Does your spirit drown out the Spirit of God in your testimony? Ask yourself, am I about the Father's business or am I about my own business? And I tell you, the Lord will reveal. The Lord will show you. The Lord will help you on that journey. And He will fill you with His Spirit. God wants to do it. He desires to fill you tonight. Have that apostolic faith. That faith like the apostles that reached out. Oh, He's calling you. He's calling you now. He's calling you to be saved. He's calling you to be sanctified. And He's calling you to be filled with His Spirit. Oh, He wants to do His work and His will through you. And He will accomplish it. There's no excuse you can give to God. Oh Lord, I can't do that. Well, neither could Bezalel. Oh Lord, I, I, I'm just, I, I can't, I, I can't be what you want me to be. Well, you're right, you can't, but He can. Let His Spirit fill you tonight. The Lord will reward you. The song is 331 and the altars of prayer are open.